wins it off Hader in the bottom of the 10th inning. And you know where we're going. Pack your bags, folks. All aboard. Next stop, pound time. And here's the 1-0 pitch to Matt. Swung on, launched to left field deep. Matt going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And a miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth is capped by Matt Chapman's three-run home run. And the A's have won the game. You're now listening to The Seam Hits with Adam Copeland, Ted Ramey, and Rob Bermudez. Only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Seam Heads Podcast. Adam Copeland, Ted Ramey, Rob, the Bermudez Triangle with you for another week of A's baseball or just general baseball talk. Uh, joining us today, another guest from MinorLeagueBaseball.com. You've read her actually in The Athletic in the past. You've read her on MLB.com. It's Katie Wu with us. Katie, how are you today? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. How are you? I think we're we're all uh, just kind of kind of holding serve, right? I think everybody's just sort of standing yeah. pat. Everybody's uh, just taking it day by day. But uh, how are you? I, I read earlier today that you posted an article um, about uh, about what's going on with this this player. What's going on like virtual baseball? They're just playing MLB the show, right? It's just a video game contest against each other. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you know, if you would have told me in January that come late April, I'd be writing about video game baseball, I would have told you you were insane. But um, that's where we are now as a society. So I uh, decided to uh, write about that, you know, not too much going on in the baseball world right now for obvious reasons. So I thought it'd be like a fun little outlet to talk about the prospects that were participating in that tournament. What I thought was kind of hilarious, though, was I didn't realize how many people played the show until suddenly my friends were are talking about it every night. And then multiple players we have had on here are talking about it. And I'm really feeling left out because I know I need to get a PS4, but then the PS5 is going to come out. So I'm just kind of <laughs> caught in between a rock and a hard place right now. So I need a little help. Yeah, no, my brother, um, I think he just got really tired of me asking to use his PS4. He actually bought me one for my birthday. Now, before you guys go think that he's the best birthday or best brother ever, he did forget to get me a Christmas present. So this was kind of like a makeup <laughs> thing. Uh, so <laughs> he solved that problem for me. Solid, uh, but I'm solid. thankful nonetheless. How did you Have you had a chance to play then? Yes, and I am in no way good in any possible circumstance but it's fine it, it gives me something to do to work for in a time where there's not much going on so at least i can say that i am constantly striving to approve in in one thing even though that is uh you know video games but hey it's something the authenticity of it's hard to hit a major league fastball. Well, apparently it's really hard for me to hit an MLB the show because I just keep, I K like 17, 18 times a game. It's been pretty brutal. Have you done your oh, yeah, personalized character <laughs> and, and gone through the minor league system? I have not. I've done um, like Diamond Diamond Dynasty where, you know, you make your own team uniforms. I really like that. Uh, they're all hot pink, which is very on brand <laughs> for me. And uh, I have won one game and that was by forfeit. So I'm doing great. <laughs> Well, it, like, it's funny because everybody's getting their fix and, and, and like you've been in the trenches, you've been talking to these guys. I know everybody's, uh, you've seen the videos of guys playing, you know, wiffle ball in the backyard. I've seen Eric Burns is posting videos every day of him playing in his driveway. They're playing like strikeout, he and his kids and his wife. Um, but, but like, what's the general feel when you talk to these guys, you wrote about Gavin Lux, you wrote about Jesus Lazardo, who's uh, of course the, the top pitching prospect for the A's coming into this season. So, um, like what's the general feel around these guys? Are they stressed? Are they, are they grinding? Cause they're right on the cusp. These guys of getting to the big leagues, like for the, for the, the full-time stay is what I'm getting at. Oh man. I, I feel for those guys. You know, I feel for Lux. I feel for, for Lazardo. Um, you know, both young promising stars that, 
not only made their MLB debuts last season, but also got some postseason action in their month of big league time. So that's kind of something that we talked about besides the the participation in the tournament was, you know, how is this helping you? Where are you right now? What are you doing to stay in shape? And, you know, there's not much they can do. I know Lazardo is back in his, uh, in Florida. I believe it's in his home County around that area in Broward County. And, uh, you know, he says he actually throws with, uh, Mike Byers, who isn't too far away. They go to a park and they have the same trainer and they all stay there socially distance approved, uh, feet away from each other. And they just try to do some, some basic workouts, some basic routines, whether that's playing catch or, or hitting the gym. And they have like a, a three person gym that they go to. And that's really all they can do. Uh, Lux said the same thing, you know, of course he's the top Dodgers prospect and the number two prospect overall in baseball. And he was saying, you know, there's a, his friend back in, I believe Wisconsin is where he's staying at right now has a gym about 45 minutes away that he can work in at about twice a week. And that's really all these guys are limited in doing. Um, so they had a ton of free time. They both play video games anyway at this point. So they both kind of said, you know, it's not like this kind of messes up routine. We have a lot of downtime right now. And they've actually both really enjoyed it. They, they like the uh, competing of, I guess the level of feeling like they have competition right now. And although it doesn't compare to uh, obviously a major league baseball game, they're still young guys competing with other young guys for bragging rights. There is a little bit of a baseball element there where there's game strategy. And I know it's not entirely the same, but it does exist. And they also really like uh, the fan perspective. You know, if you are streaming these games, there's an opportunity for fans to talk to these players in, in real time. And, you know, uh, Lozardo, especially, I watched a couple of his streams and he answers those questions right away. He talks, he gives advice. Um, he talks about like his journeys, his favorite things about playing, little quirks about him. So I think it's a really cool way for fans to kind of see another side of these players that they probably wouldn't get to see during the regular season. So, I mean, there's a silver lining there to, to this Players League tournament. You talked about the fact that these guys are, you know, they're kind of stuck in flux from one point of their careers to kind of moving on to the next. Have you talked to anyone who says that they feel this is hampering their development or do you see a specific concern with certain players that it, like you're more concerned about other players having their development hampered than others? I'm definitely concerned about the younger pitchers um, for, for obvious reasons. You know, there's a reason why when spring training starts, pitchers and catchers are the first ones to report. Um, arm injuries are so common in a regular season and, you know, to have this kind of delayed, hampered workout regime and everything just kind of off kilter, you know, the, the probability of an arm injuries for any given player, especially pitchers go up. So I'm worried about guys like Lazardo and puck, you know, Lazardo has never had a uh, full season without being injured. And uh, so you kind of start to worry about that. You know, what does this do to the younger arm? Same with puck. You know, we had a shoulder strain right in spring training before things got shut down. Um, so yeah, I definitely tend to worry about these young pitchers and these young prospects uh, who are in a huge development part of their career. And, uh, you know, when something gets messed up in your routine, it can be really tricky to kind of figure out the right balance there. So I would say I'm a little bit more concerned about pitchers more, more than anyone, but just in general, the younger guys, these up and coming guys that are so close to uh, the next page in their career and still kind of have to wait it out. Do you foresee expanded rosters when baseball does pick up to a point where we might be seeing a guy like, say, Mackenzie Gore with the Padres, another really talented young left-handed pitcher? Do you think there's going to be an influx of major league debuts because there's going to be expanded rosters? And is that a 
benefit or a detriment to some of these younger guys who maybe need more development or maybe they've just been ready and, and they finally have an extra open roster spot? You know, I, I definitely see rosters expanding, uh, whether it's the 30 that's been talked about all the way to 40 or possibly even more. I think something to consider right now, as much as it pains me to even think about this, is the longer we go without a major league season, the less likely a minor league season happens. So if we don't resume baseball until, you know, whatever month, there's a certain timetable where it's just not feasible to have a minor league season. And that would impact so much more to the core of the sport than just one season. But we'll take it one season right now. If there is no minor league season, rosters would be expanded to try and get as many minor leaguers up in the big league club as possible, just so they can still get their work in so that they can still stay fresh and healthy and in shape. So I would say, yes, definitely. I would expect to see, uh, you know, if there's a major league season, way more major league debuts than uh, possible in a scenario where uh, Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino are up with the Padres or Joey Bart with the Giants um, or even a couple more ace prospects that probably weren't going to make that original 40 man roster. I would see them up there as uh, just as much. It really just kind of depends. Everything right now in the baseball world is so you know, maybe this will happen or maybe it won't or what's going on today. It, it fluctuates quickly. So it's hard to say, but I do envision a time uh, when the season begins or if it begins this year that rosters are expanded. It's like, it's a doomsday scenario and it's scary to think about, but I hadn't put much thought into the prospect that like there are hundreds of major league baseball players. And we talk about playing this bubble ball or in this, this, uh, you know, biodome or whatever, you know, we lock down one city and mm -hmm. play it, but there are thousands of minor league baseball players. And I wonder, like we've heard about service time for major leaguers that if they don't play a season, Mookie Betts will be a free agent going into next year. That's just the way it's going to work. Have we put any thought into, or have you heard anything about how minor league like rights are going to work for players who are either contract renewable or potentially arbitration players? Like, has there been thought or, or discussions about how that's going to work if and when that comes back? I haven't heard of any discussion. I think that, well, those are all good questions and things that are, you know, we can't forget to consider when it comes down to what kind of baseball seasons are we having? Are we having a major league? Are we having a minor league? And all of those underlying factors. Um, it just goes to show how complex this is. And well, don't get me wrong. What's going on in the world right now is, you know, obviously takes precedence over this. But if we looked at this from just a baseball standpoint, these are, you know, thousands of people, not just baseball players that have no idea of what their future holds. And uh, it's, it's really hard from a league standpoint as they're trying to figure out their, their main priority, which is getting baseball back as soon as possible when it's safe to do so. And there's so much left they have to consider about the calls they make, whether or not they have this, whether or not they do this, how are they going to pay players? How are they not, you know, and I don't even think they've begun to figure it out because it's so complex, or at least that's the, the gist that I've been getting. Uh, it's certainly not an easy task to figure out all these factors here. Yeah, I guess the follow up to that would be, is there an issue you feel that is more pressing to that entire situation that maybe should be getting more run, but because it isn't such an obvious take, people are kind of focusing on the, the 30,000 foot view with, re with regard to the minor league season? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I know that the players come first and I know that, you know, without the players, there's no minor league baseball, but there are a ton of minor league baseball employees, whether it's the team broadcaster to the stadium workers, to the security guards, to the parking lot attendants who are also in the same boat. Um, for a lot of these cities and towns, I mean, minor league baseball has 160 teams. A big majority of them are, you know, the small town, hometown baseball field where, where 
that's their whole life, you know, where people look forward to these games all season and many of them look for them as their primary source of income and the employees are struggling, you know, just as much as the, as the players. And there is no way to value it on who is more important, who is not. It's just, it's a sad state and frustrating state for everyone involved. But I wish people would, would consider that the employees, the ones that, that put on the game for the players are struggling too. Since there's talk of minor league baseball contracting, you know, closing the number of teams and, and shortening drafts. Uh, what are some of your favorite minor league baseball moments? What are some of those moments that helped you fall in love with the game that, that potentially could be lost if, if we see franchises uh, being lost? Oh, there's so many. Um, it, it starts as a kid. You know, I grew up in Vacaville, so right outside the Bay Area. And uh, Rayleigh Field, the Rivercats, they were the A's AAA affiliate for a long time before switching to the Giants. Um, and I don't know, just growing up in a neighborhood where everyone was the same age. We lived in a court. Um, we would all go to these these games as, you know, 10-year-olds and just go crazy. And our parents wouldn't care where we were. And they would just let us run the the concourse and go to the kids area and just watch a game. Um, I miss that element getting older um, in high school. I miss on a Friday night, you know, finally being allowed to go somewhere um, without my parents and being able to go watch a minor league baseball game and, and feeling safe. Um, and then, you know, in my college years going to various minor league teams and, you know, there's, there's not many places where you can get a $2 beer and sit and hang out for three to four hours. And I'll miss that too. It, it's, there's a lot, I think, that is when we think about when we miss baseball. Yes, of course, we miss the 50,000-person stadium. We miss um, tailgates at the Coliseum. We miss being able to walk into a, a restaurant and see a wide array of games being played on TVs. But I think we also miss the small-town feel of baseball, the community-based baseball that kind of fuels things together. Um, that, that gets lost on people, too. So those are definitely a little some memories that I personally when I think about minor league baseball, remember before I even started working with baseball, and uh, that's I think what I miss the most. Yeah, the the romance of baseball is a real thing, and I think it ties to what you're talking about. That it smaller, is. like the community feel of baseball that you have with a, a family member or somebody before it it takes off, and then of course it spawns into what the major leagues are, and you you follow your club. But no, that's a, that's a, a real thing. I like that you went that path. Uh, but before we let you go, and, and I'm sure the guys have a couple more too, but before we, uh, I, I want to keep spinning positive with you with some of these, um, uh, the minor leaguers that you cover, give us some guys or maybe a guy that, that this isn't going to hurt everybody, right? Like not everybody is going to come back having been totally set back by this, this shutdown or this lockdown from baseball. There are going to be some guys who have grown. There are going to be some guys who have developed. There are going to be some guys who were 17, 18 year old international players that are now these big strapping dudes with tons of power just because it's the way anatomy works, right? So give us some guys who you think are, are not going to be hurt by this that you're looking forward to seeing that maybe aren't on the uh, at the forefront of people's minds right now. Sure. I mean, one guy that, that automatically jumps to mind is an A's prospect, and that's James Caprillian. Um, I believe two years ago, he had Tommy John surgery. Last season was his first season back. Recovering from that was really lights out. Um, he was started, I believe, with Stockton and finished with uh, Double A in uh, Midland. And I was really excited to see, oh, and I believe he finished the year in Triple A, actually, or is at least slated to go there when the season begins. He played playoff, pitched a playoff game for uh, for the Aviators, I believe. Nice. Thank you. I do remember that. Um, I just, 
for Caprillion at least, I think guys like him, guys who are coming back, who finally have the reins off, um, who aren't limited by recovering from injuries, I think this time can help them. Um, then again, I'm not a professional pitcher, so I'm not quite sure what works best for each guy. Um, but Caprillion was definitely someone that I was interested in seeing. You saw a little bit of him in spring training. Um, and I thought, you know, this season we get to see a lot more of what he's capable of, but mainly because he has the reins off. So, you know, in guys like Caprillion's sake, maybe they benefit a little bit from some extra rest. They can recover more. Uh, we'll just have to go and see. I know there's a lot of players like that in his case where it could be beneficial, but I know at the end of the day, these players want to be out there playing games with their team. I'm curious, what is your perspective on how the media has responded? Like you said, you know, you would have called someone crazy if you'd been writing about, you know, the show, but that's been one small part of how the media has responded. And it's been all sports, it's been classic games, it's been pushing forward of documentaries, it's been kind of dives back into different teams and different seasons. Are you... Did this kind of go according to plan in terms of how the media and broadcast world and print journalism world has reacted? Or has it been a different response overall than what you were expecting when we saw sports initially start to shut down? You know, I think at least from my perspective, um, we started out from the side perspective. We had a lot of ideas in the beginning on how we could get through this period of no live sports. Um, and I think a lot of publications did the same. And I don't think any of us had an idea of how long or at least how much longer we will have to do this. But I think the media in general has done a great job at kind of getting you in the nostalgia field. Um, I know The Athletic has done a lot of let's look back at some great moments from the past features. Um, our side as well as doing that or looking into the history of uh, like the logos and mascots of minor league baseball. As you know, we have some crazy ones. Um, so, you know, I think the media is doing the best that they can. I can tell you for one, how hard it is to come up with content right now, especially content that isn't just regurgitating to something to have something out. I think me the media is doing a good job of finding something to write about without reaching and trying to serve it as public interest. And I think for the most part, that's, that's paying off. Um, obviously there's a lot of rumors sliding around and no one is really sure what to believe, uh, for, but for the most part. From the storytelling perspective, I think the media has done a really good job, the baseball media at least, on um, turning out content that still matters without overdoing it just because you need something to read, if that makes sense. One last bit of speculation here, and then we'll let you go. Do you think that these shortened, if we do have a minor league season and it's shortened, do you think it's going to lead to more or less aggressive assignments for a team like the A's? I know Austin Beck and Lazaro Armenteros kind of underperformed they had a lot of strikeout issues in Stockton and so there was kind of a, a talk of are they going to be promoted to Midland are they going to repeat Stockton and then Greg Diekman a guy who had another injury setback but came back strong in the Arizona Fall League do you think they'll be aggressive and push him to AAA do you think teams in general just kind of have to shuffle whatever they need to get to the big league level and the rest of the minors just kind of settles in below that yeah I think that's more or less the path that the teams will be taking I mean each organization is run differently but I think it would make sense to uh fully staff their big league roster to the best capability and uh kind of shuffle the rest between the other levels from there. You know, at the end of the day, the big league club is the one that, you know, you're striving to play for is the one where the championships and um, all the glory go to. So I believe most teams and my honest speculation will do whatever they can to make sure their big league roster has as much talent as possible. And then the rest of the minor league teams, they will reconstruct from there uh, again, but that is all speculation. And, you know, if there's one thing I've learned in the last two months is uh, prepare for anything. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll definitely see what teams do when they are come to that decision. Katie, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate you stopping by the Seamheads. We'll definitely have you on again as we get closer to the season to, uh, to brush up on some minor league ball. Good luck with your Diamond Dynasty. And uh, do you have an, do you have an away <laughs> uniform for your team or do you just go with the hot pinks? Honestly, it took me so long to just make a regular uniform. That, that's all we have. So <laughs> it's fine. We rock it every game. No joke. I, I interviewed this guy one time. Um, I, God, now his name escapes me. He he uh, he runs the baseballism across from uh, from AT and T Park, uh, or I guess it's now Oracle oh, cool. Park. Um, but he uh, he played a season of like independent league ball, and he played on this team. Their nickname was the or their name was the Grays. I think it was just their name. They had one jersey. They wore gray all season because they didn't have a home field. So they played every like all seventy five games that summer on the road. Oh, well, you know, good team name, at <laughs> yeah, least. They just, yeah, just like lived out of motels and, and wore gray, like one gray uniform. So uh, at least you're hot pink, but uh, but hopefully you get some home games for your Diamond Dynasty club. <laughs> exactly. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, stay safe, and I look forward to talking baseball with you guys again soon. Thanks a lot, Katie. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. Fun stuff talking to Katie today about minor league baseball. That's like back-to-back minor league baseball hits we got, right, with uh, with Melissa and Katie. But, uh, dude, it's an angle that, that I think not enough people are talking about. I think that's why Katie kind of put the spotlight on it. Like, you know, we're, we're in a dire situation here where we could end up without minor leaguers having a season. And what does that do for the future of the development of some of these teams? I think that's a huge topic that is uh, something that, that we haven't seen the ramifications of until we get baseball back. And I think that's the point, Rob, is that she brought up the fact that, hey, if Major League Baseball doesn't have a season, then minor league baseball doesn't have a season. Or if one get, doesn't get going, then the other one's not going to happen. I think it's finally starting to sink in with people as we get later and later. And, you know, there's been more time added onto the shelter in place in the Bay Area. The people realize, like, oh, this isn't going away. Like, this isn't just, you know, a springtime thing. Like, we have no idea when you know, sports as normal is going to resume. There's been so much talk about how it's going to resume. You've often alluded to the bubble ball copes, which I think is the greatest term to come out of this entire uh, Corona pandemic. Dude, I, think I, I, I think I made it up. Did you? Did, I think I made fantastic. it up. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I, I made it up. <laughs> I will give you all the credit in the world because I love it. I just don't want to say it like too much because I don't want somebody to say like, oh, no, you didn't make that up. I made it up. So I'm like, I'm kind of keeping under wraps, but I think I made it up. Yeah, dude, if you made it up, I will. I will (laughs) take you out to dinner, man. Uh, But I love it. But here's the thing, though, is like we've been so focused on how it could come back. There hasn't been near enough discussion on whether or not it actually will. And I think now people are realizing like, hey, it's almost May and we're not close to figuring this S out. And I think that that the direness of the situation is suddenly real. And I think that. When she was talking about that, I think that was kind of, it was very, you could hear the gravity of her statement when she was discussing it. There's also just so much speculation. There's ideas that get tossed around, but we don't know what's going to stick and what doesn't. And under the concept of expanded rosters, well, she was saying it could be 30, could be 40 or more than 40. Well, that brings up new questions. If you have minor leaguers who are now added to what's not just a 40-man roster, but say a 45 or 50-man roster to try to be able to play the full season, does that use a, an options year? If it's, you know, if we're talking about shortened seasons, there's the pitchers aren't going to reach limits and it's not just about this year. If they only go 100 innings this year, they can't go to 200 the next, right? So there's just so many different things where we're trying to in real time think, well, if the season started kind of like a, a month from now, what would we be doing? And then a month from now, we'll say, well, 
if the season gets started a month from now, we might have X amount of games. And so we might need more players or we might need something else. There's just it, it's really hard to nail down what's actually going to happen because everything changes. It seems every single day there's there's an additional change. Yeah, I saw a, a headline on ESPN. Uh, it was either today or yesterday from Jeff Pass, and it said, um, quote, there will be baseball in 2020. It's just a matter of when, where, and how. And I was like, oh, so it's so it's the same questions <laughs> we've been asking <laughs> since we got started. But to Rob's point, like every time we move another calendar day or another threshold into a new month, we ask these questions. So thanks again for listening today. If you're enjoying the podcast, we ask that you rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. And if you'd like to get a free 90-day trial of The Athletic, Go to theathletic.com slash seamheads. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday.